and SEMA, I know that you don't work out very hard. Nope. Because it's pretty much just all genetics. You get a lot of questions about genetics, is that right? All the time. All the time. I wonder, you know, what the importance of, you know, some of our food would be genetically, like say for, you know, cows, for example. Uh, you know, I think the genetics of our food is it's pretty damn important. Like, you know, Piedmontese is all natural, all natty, with no added hormones or steroids and not even trend. I don't know. They're <laughs> These things are pretty lean. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're cuts. I'd like of, to have them tested personally. I think we should. We should. <laughs> but their cuts of beef are from the Sandhills region, of Nebraska, and contain significantly less fat and higher protein content than other beef that you might find at the store. This comes from genetics, the breed of the cow, and not relying on the extra intramuscular fat and marbling. In other words, you get the best protein to fat ratio from the best cows in the country from the best beef for maximum gains. I love it. You're able to still eat your meat, but you don't have to worry about the extra fat calories. Works out great for anybody that is looking to be jacked and tan like us. Like us. Andrew, where can they find out more information about Piedmontese beef? Cool. As awesome as high protein, low fat beef sounds, our friends at Piedmontese are going to give you a more awesomerist deal by heading over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. Enter promo code POWERPROJECT, and that's going to get you a whopping 25% off your order, along with free two-day shipping on all orders of $99 and above. You know, the gym over here has been pretty hot, you know, but I'm not wearing like a whole lot of clothes and sometimes I'm able to take my shirt off. Right. Mm -hmm. But with what you're doing with jujitsu, you're all bundled up. Yeah. Right. You're like <laughs> you're in a gi and stuff. Right. It's, I mean, you must sweat out a lot. Yeah. Jujitsu right? on its own is a it's a very, very sweaty martial art. Right. You're wearing the gi. It's it's a heavy, heavy thing. So afterwards, you're typically drenched and the gi's drenched. But then on a hot day, you're sweating even more. You're losing even more like water, electrolytes, et cetera. It just gets bad really bad and we've been learning a lot in this podcast about the importance and from guys like stan efforting the importance of sodium we know we need a lot of sodium are you taking in a lot of sodium and you're finding ways to take in a lot of potassium like i uh, i think you're a fan of like coconut water and stuff like that too right yeah a lot of coconut water um i salt the hell out of a lot of my foods right. i take some electrolyte supplements um but i add a lot of that because if i don't i'm gonna cramp up really really bad i'm just gonna feel horrible when performing well, Perfect Keto has a great way of doing it, too, where you don't have to necessarily buy coconut water that might cost eight bucks or ten bucks a pop. You can actually just supplement it with some capsules and they have calcium, magnesium, potassium and sodium uh, all in one capsule, which I think is a brilliant idea. So maybe, you know, after your jujitsu practice or on your way from lifting to jujitsu, maybe pop three or four of these capsules on, on your way uh, to jujitsu practice mm -hmm. and maybe get a little extra uh, you know, feel a little extra hydrated for those uh, workouts. Yeah, that seems like a great idea. Hydration is a huge thing. I highly recommend that you guys check out these uh, Perfect Keto electrolytes. Andrew, how can people find out more information about this? All right, everyone can stay hydrated and in ketosis by going to perfectketo.com slash powerproject. Use code powerproject and get 15% off all Perfect Keto products. One thing I forgot to add is that when you're on a ketogenic diet, when you're on a low-carbohydrate diet, that is, it's very hard to stay hydrated. So check these products out. You're going to enjoy them, I'm sure. I like the, I like those uh, sandals you got going on there. I'll get you a pair. Yeah, they look pretty slick. What size? Uh, 12. 12. Hmm. Done. Ooh. Done deal. Now you can that put was those easy. special things inside of them. Yeah. What, color, what color do you like? You want pink, lime green, black? Just go, go, go for it. You know, just pick something crazy. I think you need... 
I think you need the pink one. So that way, yeah, like when I'm rocking them, it's and people are like, dude, what's up with those loud ass? Exactly. They're from Charlie Rocket, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Take it up with him. Checks over stripes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, figure out how to start all that stuff up over there, Andrew, or is the yeah. It's all screwed up. No, no, we're good to go. You got it started? Yeah, yeah. The crank actually almost worked this time. Man, we've had so many technical difficulties over here. We had this crank in here that we had to turn. He crank. tried to turn it, then he broke it. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't strong enough to turn it, and then too he was too strong. Too much keto protein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that stuff will get you. Yeah. What's, a, what's a crank? I don't know. It's a podcast crank. Yeah. We got to talk seen to one? I've done I've yeah, done you, a few studios in my life, but what's a crank? Well, see, we have like a it's like an older type of setup, so mm-hmm. you have to manually crank reel the, to reel. The, yeah, like gotta, it's like mm-hmm. tape. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So there's a big. Got to be crazy strong. Yeah, it. and I wasn't strong enough. But then when Sema came along, he was too strong, so he too. broke the crank, broke yeah. the handle. So it's always and then there's only one guy that can fix it, and he's always busy. We tried to call him. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten a hold of him, Andrew? We're on the wait list still. Yeah, we're yep. talking to the other guy about the other guy getting in contact with him and then he's supposed to ship us the handle for the crank and then there's another guy that says he can fix it but he can't get his work visa yet mm-hmm. yep. i know right are y'all pulling my leg <laughs> <laughs> did y'all just fictitiously make up an entire book <laughs> maybe yes that was completely <laughs> made up i am not that gullible I will not go for this. Can't nonsense. confirm nor deny. You're luckier than me because that was no sense. Literally, Char- Charlie Rocket or just Charlie? Because your name's Charlie on Instagram. I mean, what do we call you? CEO Charlie is what they used to call me. Mister mm. Malibu now, AKAs for <laughs> days. We'll just keep going with the names. Who's got more AKAs? You or Method Man? Me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I used to be called Cadillac Chuck. A.K.A. CEO Charlie, A.K.A. Charlie Rocket, A.K.A. Uh, Mr. Manhattan Beach, formerly. Now it's Mr. Malibu, <laughs> A.K.A. Knickknack Paddywhack, Chucky yes. Pada Cadillac. Yeah. What? Okay. There's. I come from hip hop. We yeah. do more names in the South than they do in the North. So got it. Mm-hmm. Probably okay. a lot of the names you can't even say on the show. Right. Probably inappropriate, right? <laughs> Actually, Maybe. no. I've, I've keep it PG. How'd you get How'd you get Charlie uh, on Instagram? You're just Charlie. Quantum, quantum. So, like, I had a realization in my dream. I I, I didn't choose this, but I woke up one morning and I called my mom and I said I had a dream that I'm going to be the president in 2042. She said, "Don't do it." I said, I, I'm not choosing this. This is just what came to me. And and I saw the yard sign. And the yard sign was like, Charlie. And I was like, I'm going to run on a first name basis. I'm not even going to ever say my last name. Sorry, Ma. Like, I know that's our last name, but I just want to be the Charlie for the world. Kind of like how Oprah is. You know, yeah. just Charlie. Mm-hmm. And a week later, I get a DM from this lady who says, Oh my God, I've been following you ever since your music industry days. Because I took a one year break from Instagram to change my life. I was like, I can't consume anybody else's life anymore. I need to fix my life. Mm. So when I got back on Instagram, I was a completely different person. And this lady, she DMs me and she said, I've been following you. Oh my God, you've inspired me so much. I work at Instagram and I'm not supposed to do this. But there's a name that's deactivated, and I want to give it to you as a gift. And I said, what is it? She said, Charlie. I said, 
get out of here. Like, <laughs> I never would assume. I thought, like, Charlie Sheen or Charlie Puth. I thought somebody probably had it. And I said, are you kidding me? She said, no, I want to give it to you. And I called my mom and I said, that first name basis thing might be real. Like, <laughs> I am the Charlie on the number one social media platform. Like, I'm the only one with the name. Wow. And I just sometimes put things out there and they come back. There's I wasn't no, expecting There's it. no underscore. There's no dot. There's no nothing. Just Charlie. Mm-mm. Damn, bro. How'd yeah. you do it? <laughs> I just... You made it happen. You forced it to happen. I just put it in the universe and it came back. Does that does that happen to you often? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, the whole Nike athlete thing. I mean, I'm not supposed to be a Nike athlete. Uh, like it was a very unrealistic. I would write in my quantum possibilities notebook every day. I'm gonna be a Nike athlete. I'm gonna be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. Very specific, <laughs> unrealistic dream. And all my friends, they would look at me like I'm crazy, like Charlie, like come back down to earth i said nothing i've done my whole life has been realistic don't tell me to start being realistic now mm. and uh, i mean i was in a commercial with lebron james and serena williams we just won an emmy uh a Crazy. few days ago for the commercial mm, and damn. nike even named the commercial after me it's called dream crazy that's my catchphrase and uh, i was in it and you know they named it after me and yeah man crazy stuff can happen yeah it's it's miraculous why did it, why the break why the year break from Instagram well I, I noticed something in my life with consumption whether it was food people content and I was noticing I began getting sluggish because of what I was consuming at the time I was 300 pounds overweight diagnosed with a brain tumor and I was using social media a lot and I was watching the news a lot. This was around the time Trump was running for president. I found myself always being addicted to the news. And I started practicing getting rid of things. And every time I got rid of something, I received some sort of blessing. So I was like, what else can I get rid of? So I went down this path of I got rid of television. Then I got rid of social media. Then I got rid of uh, meat and dairy. Then I got rid of my business. And I got rid of my city. I literally stripped my life all the way down and completely reinvented it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start from scratch, a whole new life. And I'm going to have a blank canvas that I can paint a whole new picture with. And when I got rid of consuming other people's lives, I started paying attention to mine. You know, when I stopped watching television and stopped being addicted to social media, I started becoming addicted to changing my life. So it, 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 it worked out pretty good. Addicted to your own story. Yeah, man. Did you, um, like now that you're back on social media, do you sometimes catch yourself like, I'm maybe spending too much time or care Hell a little too much? Yeah. I hate it. I struggle because I, I have an addictive personality. I pretty much overdo anything in my life. If I'm going to bike, I'm going to bike across America. You know, if I'm going to run, I'm going to do an Ironman. You know, so... I just am, I've always been that way. So with social media, I catch myself and I have to like if I post something, I'll delete my app just so I don't consume mm. the because sometimes it's just love I'm getting and that becomes addictive. Like people praising me and that feeds my you know ego a little too much. And that is sometimes fun. But I got to move on to the next play. That play already happened. Like if I'm a football player and I made a good play on the field. 
It's like, I got to be worried about the next play. I can't be sitting there watching the replay for 20 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. Like, no, what's the next play? Me watching the praise, me watching SportsCenter Top 10 is not going to help me win the next game. So I delete the app and I just move on and try to control and be responsible with how I use social media. Yeah, it really is really hard. Why do you think, um, I hear a lot of people say, you know what, dude, like, just don't worry about what other people think. Mm -hmm. That's impossible to do. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever, ever been able to actually do that. Um, why do you think what other people think of us is so important? Like what, um, e even we've talked about it on this podcast before. Mm. I'm sure you have a bunch of them in your head right now. There's probably been a few compliments that you've gotten over the years that have stuck. They're still in your head. You can recall them like as if it was yesterday. And there's probably a few hurtful things too, the same way. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Man, human nature, I don't think, well, it, it takes a very special person. I remember like, Two Chains actually taught me a lot about this because there was times in his it's the whole reason why we have him here today. We're trying to get to two chains. This is our <laughs> roundabout way of doing it. All right, Tick. I know you're listening. Tick. <laughs> <laughs> That's two chains' other name, Titty Boy. Uh, we'll explain that later on in the show. Um, so I actually got to learn a lot from being around him because two chains, people might look at him as a rapper. I, I got to be around one of the most special human beings in my life. I mean, he's a he's a king. Like I would see I would see how he would operate. He never got upset. He would never he was always balanced. He was almost like a Bruce Lee type figure. Like consistent, balanced, never on the extremes, never super happy, never super sad. And I would sit there and watch him, you know, scroll through his Instagram. For example, there was a time where he got shot at and um in san francisco um downtown and these you know hispanic guys hopped out of a car with like a really big like handgun like this long and they're shooting at him and his whole security team fled and didn't oh. secure him and as a gangster rapper that's not a good look and i saw the <clears throat> internet kind of attacking two chains like oh man like you know like he was getting he was getting hurt pretty bad and that can be detrimental to a gangster rapper's career and i'll sit there and watch him read all the comments and he would never react nothing ever phased him and it was very like stoic of him and i always noticed that and i was like can you look at something straight in its face and practice not reacting and when i get you know, comments that like urge me to just like, oh, I got to say something to this person. Like, oh, why would you say that to me? I think about it, I'm like, no, let me practice. Let me let me lift this weight a little bit and get a little bit stronger. I'm going to look it straight in his face and I'm going to say, you know what? This person who's saying this is just doing the best they can. I take I take something that's really big, you know, that's that makes me want to react. And I shrink it down in my mind to like the size of a piece of rice kind of like this weight right here. Like I'll take this big heavy weight and in my mind I'll make it really, really small and then I'll just flick it. And I'll say to myself, this person's just doing the best they can. They don't know what they're doing. And I look at that person as a child. You can't be mad at a seven-year-old. It's impossible. It's like he doesn't know any better. Mm. So that's what I take a grown person, make them into a seven-year-old. I take the problem, take it down to a little piece of rice, and I just flick it. And then, then I'm free. Yeah, there's a saying that says, <clears throat> no job is ever too big. 
when it's broken down into smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's Henry Ford. Mm. You know? And I think if you if you think about looking at things that way, uh, you can really simplify stuff. And then once you can simplify things, you might be able to grab a hold of some things that might be things that can be repeatable for mm-hmm. you, things that you can actually practice. Mm-hmm. I know this uh, journey of uh, weight loss um, has been going on for a long time. I think it's still something that you uh, struggle with from time to time. Oh, you sometimes yeah. go up in weight, down in weight, right? Yes. Um, how did how did that get kicked off? Like, where did that start? And were you just, were you unhappy? Mm-hmm. Were you, you know, you were overweight and probably just upset with yourself and wanted to make a change? Yeah, man. So it's been something I've dealt with my whole life. Um, with me and exercise, uh, really interesting relationship because as a kid, I played basketball probably more than anybody ever. Like as a kid, like I overdo everything. So I became, and, and there's some cool stuff. If you look it up on YouTube, like if you type in things like, um, and nobody knows this cause I don't really talk about it. I'm just going to tell y'all cause I got a big journey coming up with the NBA. Um, but if you type into YouTube, uh, Bankroll Fresh uh, wins $30,000 betting on white boy. Um, at my studio in Atlanta, Georgia, um, I built my dream studio. It was the biggest studio in Atlanta, and I built a full-court basketball court. And I would love shooting basketball because when I was young, even though I was overweight, I played basketball more than anybody. Yeah, so fast forward to like four minutes in this video. The fat kid with a sick jumper, right? Because I couldn't do anything else. (laughs) If I can't do anything else, then what am I going to do? I'm going to shoot all day. So I'm getting more reps in. So what you're seeing in this video right here is all my artists and producers betting on me against this guy. This is all the money they're winning. (laughs) Jeez. They won about $30,000 this night. So this guy here that you see, he's going around side betting everybody. And there I am. And... We shoot shots. So these might have been $1,000 shots, for example. And he plays for the Atlanta Falcons. And he was a really good shooter. But he lost, he lost about 30000 this night. Damn. And he just missed. So you'll see everybody picking up their money. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, a, there was an entire gambling ring. Formed. <laughs> oh, no. They brought NBA players to me. I took OJ Mayo for 30000 Oh, my Ooh. God. So this, <laughs> this is what my life used to look like. And, um, yeah, so you could stop, you could stop the video. It just goes on. This is some hood DVD. Like, like, I don't know who filmed this, but it was just, this happened every single day. I love the like shiny graphics across the middle. The Windows Movie Maker Pro (laughs) graphics. It's so distracting, but it's so good. So he's having to go into his wallet now because he's pulling out his last little bit. Oh, Um, dang, man. So, yeah, I've got a big basketball journey coming up with the NBA. and the So you're doing all this stuff. You got these great people around you. Sounds uh-huh. like you were making a lot of money. Yeah. But you still were unhappy. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I, there's only really one thing I wanted in my life, and that was to, like, know what it was like to be fit. I mean, when you love sports. Like, I'm an you, athlete you at think heart. I, Have you ever got that? No. Uh-uh. I mean, I'm still 40 pounds overweight, and I've biked across America. I've done Ironmans. I've done... I, I, I'm pretty much even after all the people telling you how great you look and all this, you know. Oh yeah, it. But which was a blessing because mm-hmm. I went in super dark place, but it forced me. See, see the 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 blessings come from the lessons, and me self sabotaging about looks, which is going to sound stupid to other people because they're like, Ah, oh, Charlie, you look great. 
you. It forced me to learn what self-love was. And I never knew what it meant. I mean, it's like, you know, you hear girls talk about that stuff. Like, but not like every day I'm waking up and I'm fixated on, you know, that I'm not at my goal. Like, Charlie, man, you're more than that. Like, you got to be thinking about something bigger in life. You, you need to learn to appreciate this. And my problems are actually a massive blessing because me being perfect ain't helping nobody. Because seven out of 10 people in America, they're overweight or obese. They need somebody who's a voice. So when I started realizing that my problems are actually helping people, and that's how I became a Nike athlete. When I looked at Nike, like, oh, all their athletes are perfect. Me as a marketer, like, at, at the core, I'm a marketer. Like, I love business. So I'm looking at Nike, and I'm like, they've completely missed something. All their athletes are perfect. They need a common man athlete. They need somebody who could be the voice, the people's champ. So I made a fan-made Nike commercial that they should have made. I just made it for them, and I put it out. And it was called My Story Isn't Over Yet. And I told my life story, and I put it out. And in three days, got a million views, and Nike calls me. And that commercial right there that we're watching, that commercial ended up changing the entire direction of Nike, which led to the Colin Kaepernick commercial, which was all about athletes who have problems, mm -hmm. who have crazy dreams, like I had. They titled it after me. So Dream Crazy is kind of like my Live Strong. Like Lance Armstrong had Live Strong. I created Dream Crazy. And that's what they titled the Colin Kaepernick film that won an Emmy. And I said, you know what? The fact I have issues, the fact I'm willing to be honest about my issues are changing more lives than me having a six-pack. And I'll probably get a six-pack one day, but God had a vision. He said, uh-uh, we got to change some lives before you get perfect. Yeah. Uh-uh, you're about to, I'm about to ring you through a, a, a set of challenges because you're one of my chosen ones who, who talk to people about their problems. So he's just made it difficult for me my whole life just so I could help people. This commercial looks crazy. How much did it cost and who paid for it? <laughs> you want another quantum story? <laughs> for sure alright so I moved to LA and I needed a cameraman in Atlanta in the music industry I can have my pickings of like young people who want to like you know work for me me walking away from the music industry and not having like oh yeah you're going to be shooting for 2 chains, like you're going to be shooting for me and my weight loss story no pickings and I didn't know anybody in LA other than like some like television producer people. So I'm calling them saying, okay, I have, you know, this story. I want to tell my story. I'm looking for a videographer. And they're like, all right, Charlie, be a little bit more specific. What do you need? I said, well, I need somebody who can shoot. I need somebody who can edit. I need somebody who has equipment. I need somebody who's good at scoring and music and can mix the audio. And, oh, I need somebody who can color grade too. He said, Charlie, that's going to cost $50,000. I said, for an Instagram video? <laughs> They're like, yeah. I said, no, 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 no. I know it's possible. Like in Atlanta, I can find these people all the time. They're like, this ain't Atlanta. This is Hollywood. Those people are working for studios, and that's five different people. Nobody in this city has all of those things in one person. Editors, edit. Shooters, shoot. You know, DPs, you know. It, 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 so I was like, don't tell me it's not possible. Nothing I've done in my life has been realistic. I know this is possible. 
after a couple weeks, I started getting frustrated. Everybody's telling me I'm crazy. I got upset and I sat down one morning and I wrote in my quantum possibilities notebook. This sentence, I'm sitting on my couch and I said, today is the day I search and found my videographer slash editor. It's done. It's easy. That's what I wrote down. And in my quantum possibilities notebook, I always say these words. It's already done. Time hasn't caught up yet. Two hours later, I'm sitting in my living room. And at the time, I'm living with a roommate. I had just walked away from the music industry. I was conserving money. Roommate walks in the front door. And he's the most boring person in the history of the world. He works for a health food company in the accounting department at some, like, med... Not med... It's called something. Some health food company. And behind him walks this guy holding a camera. I look at Morgan. I'm like, what are you doing with a cameraman? He said... I just got a phone call and they wanted to come over and, and, and film your car. I'm like, okay. So I look at the cameraman and I, uh, he was holding like a steady cam rig. And I said, you do videos? And he was like a California, Northern California, like dude, it's a skateboard dude, like long hair, like in front of his eyes. So you do videos? He's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do videos. I said, tell me about it. He said, well, I don't really like know how to make money like doing this. I just kind of like do it when people call me. I was like, can I see some of your work? He said, yeah, here's my website. So I'm pulling it up and boom, I said there was this like short film and I was like, okay, I like telling stories. So if he made a good short film, he knows storytelling. So I click on it and I'm like, mm, this is good. I said, did you shoot this? He said, yeah, I shot it. <laughs> I said, who edited it? He said, well, I edited it. It took me a couple of days. I said, this scoring on the audio and the music in the background is amazing. Who did this? He said, well, I used to be in a rock band. We were on the Warp Tour, so I do music. <laughs> I said, this voiceover has amazing audio. Like, I'm an audio guy, so I like no mixing and mastering like quality. I said, who mixed and mastered this audio? He said, well, I'm an audio engineer, too. I'm like, is that your camera that you're holding? He said, yeah, I have like four different cameras. <laughs> I, said, I said, who color graded this? He said, well, I taught myself Da Vinci on YouTube. I'm like, this guy is literally everything. I said, do you have a job? He said, no, I need one. I like applied for like a, a, like a, like a filing, like a digital filer at, at, at Hulu. And he said he got denied. Mm. And I said, I'll hire you. I literally wrote this down in my notebook two hours earlier that today is the day I searched and found my videographer and editor. He walked in my front door and we sit down at the counter and had some like impossible burgers. And he said, so, so what do you want to film? I said, I'm going to be a Nike athlete. He said, how are you going to do that? <laughs> I said, we're going to make a fan made Nike commercial. I have got this story I've never told anybody, but we're going to make a fan-made Nike commercial because Nike needs a common man athlete, and we're going to make that commercial, and it's going to be called My Story Isn't Over Yet, and at the end, we're going to put Insert Nike Logo here. He said, okay, let's try it. And we spent, so I paid him $3,000 a month as my cameraman, and we spent $150 on this video. What we did, he took a PVC pipe, now, if you play the video from the beginning, I'll show you what we're talking about. 
took a PVC pipe and put a belt around me with a with a T, you know, at boom, put the belt. So I'm running and there's a 10 foot PVC pipe going behind me. And he's 10 feet behind me holding the camera in the same exact position. He's on a skateboard and I'm pulling him as I'm running. So the camera is always in the same distance from me. And you'll see my feet in the same spot. And I'm running throughout L.A. And he's behind me on the skateboard. And all we spent was a PVC pipe and a belt. And he already had the skateboard because he's a skateboard dude. And uh, that's it. By Is the he, way, your calves are jacked. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah, man. Car- I run my uh, heaviest marathon was at 270 pounds. Yeah. If you want calf muscles, gain a lot of weight and run a marathon. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Does your camera, cameraman have a better job now? Uh, no, he's still with me. <laughs> oh, he's still hanging with you. There, yeah. there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, man. We rock out. You know, Charlie, you've been talking about, you mentioned it multiple times, the whole quantum like ideas, quantum yeah. belief, yeah. writing down your beliefs. Yeah. Have you done this throughout your whole career or is this something later on? Like where did this start from, this man habit? I'll tell you, bro. I started experiencing superpowers when I lost weight and I changed my frequency. So in my previous life as a manager, um, I was always one plus one equals two. That was business to me. If I do this, I'll get this. And I did that. When I walked away from hip hop and I lost this weight and I, I, I moved and I got around high frequency people and I started eating high frequency food, I started experiencing magic like things. I would think of somebody, they would text me. That would happen three, four times a week, like crazy stuff, like the stuff the guy walks in my front door after I wrote it down. I'm experiencing this magic all the time. Even what happened to get you here today. Yeah. I You're mean, like, I'm in Oakland. Ex- I'm like, cool. All right, let's do it. Exactly. So even before that, I was in Merced, and then the guy from the NBA hits me up, and I said, where are you at? He said, oh, I'm in, um, I'm in Oakland. So I'm like, I'm an hour away. I just happen to have a speaking engagement at this small little community college. So I'm going to come meet you, and then I'm in Oakland, and then you hit me up, and you're, you're an hour away. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yes, that stuff happens all the time, but that happened when I got off the elevator. Now, if you were to have your cell phone and you were to be on an elevator, what happens to the signal? Yeah. And that's frequency. There's a waves, right? And the elevator blocks the waves. Well, when I was in the business, I was in and I was around negative people and I was eating low frequency food. I was around low frequency people. I'm consuming low frequency stuff. It's basically blocking these magical quantum powers that we all have. When I got off the elevator, my antenna reached so far I can connect to anything I want. Like, dude walks in, boom. I would write down, I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. Very specific. Mm-hmm. I was in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. Like, this quantum possibility is like, I know I can manifest anything I want if I tune to the station. So, let's take a radio, for example. Now, if we were to go back 200 years or 1,000 years or whenever, and I were to tell you, a song can fly through the air, you don't hear it until this little box can like pull it out of the air and then it doesn't miss a note. You would hang me like a witch. Like it would be like, yeah, this is a witch. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, this isn't possible. The fact that I can call you from the other side of the world and my my voice can fly through the air and nobody can hear it until it comes through there and it you can hear my voice through the air. How? Well, I don't even understand it, but this is what a wave 
can carry notes, can carry tone, can carry all this stuff magically. So why can't my dreams, why can't my thoughts? So what I do in the morning is I tune my heart to the radio station. What do I want to receive? It's like if you're listening to a radio, you want to listen to a hip hop station. Boom. You turn the radio. And what do you start hearing when you get to that magical wavelength of mm-hmm. something, something megahertz? You tune to it. Boom. All of a sudden you could hear. So what do I want? I tune my heart to it. And then, boom, I'm able to listen to it. That's pretty much it. You know, it's what's crazy, though, is like if an outside person was looking into your life before you started focusing on losing weight and getting in shape, they would think that like you're already a millionaire, multimillionaire working with two chains and other type of other artists and rappers. How was that? How was that not, you know, success for you at that time? That that was success. Absolutely. But it wasn't magic. It was business. It was mathematics. There's math and then there's art. I like to think what I'm doing right now is art. Like, like art is a little unpredictable, a little bit abstract. I couldn't have, I, I could not have mathematically gotten to be a a, 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 a Nike athlete. It would have been impossible. I don't play for the Lakers. I don't play a sport. It would have been mathematically impossible. Now in business, that's mathematics. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I saw I was a cameraman for Soldier Boy because I built a website that I would post, you know, eight hours of comments a day to build it up. Then Soldier Boy calls me. Then Soldier Boy, I become a manager. You know, like I just kind of climbed this mathematical staircase to two chains, right? It was a, you know, 10-year process where what I've done in the past year and a half, two years, I couldn't have added this one up. It was one plus one equal to 1,000. You know, it was, it was, it was magic. It was, that's, that's simply what it is. Like the guy walking in my front door who happened to do all those things. I can't mathematically find him. It wasn't me searching on LinkedIn. I mean, you can't find this guy. Yeah. Former, you know, rock star who happens to do <clears throat> 10 different things and he doesn't even have a resume. Like, yeah, art. Was uh, exercise part of your life? I know you mentioned basketball, yeah. but like, was there a conscious effort? Because um, I'm sure you recognize, like, shit, man, I'm heavier than I want to be. Was there some Every effort day? back then? There was never a day. I I ran three marathons and gained 40 pounds through that process. So I think there's a lot of people out there that are like yourself. There's a lot of people that are trying really hard, you know, and then they're, you know, maybe self-sabotaging themselves some one way or another. Maybe they just... Maybe genetically, also maybe they have a hard time mm-hmm. uh, losing some weight. Like I believe that that could there could be some truth to some of that, and then each person has to kind of like find their own path and mm-hmm. find a rhythm on, on what they really love to do. Um, but what was that time like? Were you super frustrated? Were you oh just like, God. man, I can't, I don't understand, I can't figure it out? You try to eat well, and then what did that look like? Like, did you drink on the weekend? Did you eat pizza at night or something like that? Or I've actually never drunk or smoked weed in my life. Oh. Um, I kind of knew if I smoked weed, I'd probably like end up broke because I overdo everything. And that's like an expensive, like luxury hobby at that level. Maybe too much of it from where you grew up and stuff, too. You probably saw that oh. when you were young and you were like, yeah. Well, like my my mom is like the coolest, like, you know, stoner from the 70s. Like she's like awesome. She would I would she'll kill me. <laughs> she'll kill me. But you know what? It's OK. Sorry, mom. So I would be at the studio 
And our studio was basically just like a, a weed chimney. Like, you know, it's like you could be down the street and be like, oh, that street exec studio is like the big cloud of like weed. You know, and the cops, they didn't mind. You know, they knew we were running a, a legit business. But I would like leave my office, which is in the upstairs of our studio. And I would walk upstairs to like grab a song off of one of the hard drives in the, one of the studio rooms. And I would walk in and I'd be like, Ma, what are you doing here? Like, she's sitting down smoking weed with the rappers. I'm like, Ma. <laughs> she's like, I ran out of weed. Like, and I'm like, you are officially the coolest mom ever, but this is where I work. Like, <laughs> But she's she's awesome. But I grew up around it, and um, I, I don't think weed is bad. I just knew I would probably go broke because I would overdo it. Mm. And alcohol, like, I just, like, never really wanted to mess with my brain too much. I like the way my brain works. And I was just always afraid to mess with it. I was like, I don't want to escape these creative visions I have because I have them all day long. So I don't want to mess with it. There was nothing I was really trying to escape. But with the health side, losing weight, there was never a day. I didn't try. Now, for me, what I kind of learned was my body doesn't lose weight when I'm in fight or flight. Um, I'm, I always... I always looked at myself as a warrior, businessman, and business can be war. Like, we're going to grind. We got to win. It's like, boom. And I would always be excited, but my body took it as stress. And business is stressful, especially hip hop. But like, if my body was thinking it was in fight or flight mode, it would not lose weight and my appetite would increase. And then when I would do all my exercising, well, Charlie, like, you exercise a lot. Like, when I biked across America, for example, biking eight hours a day, I'm at a calorie deficit. But I gained 15 pounds doing cardio, like, not lifting weights. Like, my body's packing on fat. But it's because my body is... And I also have a pituitary brain tumor, so all the hormones are off. So when we're talking about fight or flight and hormones are being released, my body just stores fat when I exercise a lot too much. And at the time, I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't know how to do like things like yoga. I'm like, that stuff's for girls. But my body needs to find some sort of balance because I overdo business, stress, exercising, stress. When I was a kid, playing basketball eight, ten hours a day was realistic for me on the weekends. Still fat every day. But it's because I was overdoing it and my body just treats it differently. So I'm, I'm learning now a more balanced approach. And then uh, back then, were you, um, you know, maybe just like overindulging too because you were exercising so much? You're just overeating and... So it, it became a very slippery slope of psychology. So when you've been on a diet since you were eight years old, you start thinking food is bad. Like it's the enemy. What got you on a diet at eight years old? You were just heavy then, too? I mean, I wanted to be a basketball player. Mm. I love sports. So it's you were like, conscious of it then? Oh, yeah. And so it, it can really weigh on your mental. So you start looking at food like it's bad, which is a really bad thing because food gives life. So to have a negative association with food is really dangerous because we need it. Like, if you're addicted to a drug, you don't exactly need it. Like, you might think you need it for your happiness. But it doesn't sustain life. I formed a food addiction because I would, I would restrict food. And when you restrict something, 
then you start wanting it more. If you want to like really crave something, say you can't have it. And then you all of a sudden start craving it more. So I'd go through this system of, okay, eat less, eat less, eat less, then catch up and eat a whole bunch. It's like if I were to ask you to breathe less. Yeah, we could breathe less. Let's take two minutes and like not breathe. What do we do after the two minutes? (laughs) And that's how I was with food. I was like breathing less and then going. (laughs) So then it started a binge eating disorder where I would eat 15,000 calories in a night. And I would wake up the next morning. I remember, do you know who Young Dolph is? He's, he's, he's a big rapper from the South. I, I wanted to sign Young Dolph. He was a gangster rapper from Memphis. And he wouldn't let anybody in the music industry sign him because he was a real gangster. He didn't trust people. Mm. So he wouldn't let anybody around. But I wanted to show him I wasn't afraid. I'll drive to Memphis. I'll sit in like the studio with them with all the gangsters. And I'll be like, nope, I'm going to make you a superstar. And I'll go to Memphis every weekend. And I remember one weekend I went to Memphis and I had my button-down shirt and I binged ate that night at the hotel, and I ate 15,000 calories at least. I remember I woke up the next morning, and my skin was bruised. I had expanded so much throughout the night that if you just touched my skin, it would hurt anywhere on my body. My whole body expanded. My button-down shirt, I probably increased like two sizes. I would binge I'm so lucky, like, it didn't kill me because my heart would be racing for, I don't know, 12, 13 hours. I did a lot of damage to myself. But then the mindset of it was this. Okay, this is my last time. I'm going to binge. So let me make myself so sick I'll never want to do it again because this is the last time. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be in so much pain that it inspires me to never do it. And I would come out of the binge starving myself because you don't want to eat after you made yourself that sick so then my blood sugar levels are way down here and then after a while the cravings start catching in but you associate food as being a very bad thing in your life so if i messed up a little bit like i could eat like a muffin and be like oh i messed up i was supposed to not eat for the next two days because i'm supposed to do a water fast and then oh i ate a muffin and now it's like the, the psychology of I tripped down one step, let me go ahead and push myself down all the rest. And this went on for years, and this went on while I was training for marathons. So I'm dealing with, you know, a brain tumor problem, a hormone problem, over-exercising to overcompensate. Like, oh, I ate 15,000 calories. Let me run, you know, five extra miles on top of the 10 and punish myself. So I'm punishing myself with exercise. It's not high frequency exercise. Every step is negative. Ah, oh, I gotta lose weight. I gotta, sports should be fun. It should be high frequency. When y'all are in there lifting the weights earlier, it's like everybody's smiling. And But when I'm running, I'm like, oh, I gotta lose weight. <laughs> you know, like I messed up on my diet. I gotta go further. So we're talking about low frequency stuff. Low frequency eating, low frequency exercise. So no wonder I had so many imbalances and problems with my body. This lady, she said to me the other day, she said, Charlie, like you self-sabotage so your body doesn't perform properly. I said, okay. She said, when's the last time you thanked your feet? I'm like, what you talking about? Thanked my feet. So your feet done a lot of great things for you. Did an Ironman in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and you never thanked your feet? She said, You're treating your body like a slave. It's doing all this good stuff, and you're, like, whipping it. 
saying do more. Mm. It never even got a thank you. So it's like the frequency going through your body is negative because we're made up of water, 70% water. And water, like they did a water test where they took two bottles of water. One, they prayed over it and gave it love and wrote love on it. And when it froze, it froze in this beautiful crystallation form. Boom. Then they took this other bottle of water and they wrote hate on it and they played like Hitler's speech. Yeah, it's a real talk. You can look it up. And it froze in this like defragmented, like ugly form. It's like vibrations are real. Every atomic particle, and this is where we get into quantum physics, every atomic particle is point zero 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 one percent matter. This is this part we could feel. I like that. Where's the other stuff? Hmm. An atomic particle, what every single thing is made up of, is energy, 99.9999% wave, not the physical. So when we're not giving love to ourselves, you think your body can perform if it's never felt love? It shuts down. So when I started loving myself, started treating it a little bit better, saying, you're doing the best you can. You know what? These problems are a good thing. They're helping people. Don't be mad about your weight loss struggle. It's helping somebody. Now I'm giving good frequency. You know, now I'm taking care of myself. I've got a little compassion for myself, and I'm not just whipping it. Do more. Boom. Do more. Go harder. Boom. No, I'm done with that. I'm done. What about, um, you know, sometimes <clears throat> that, that might be for you, right? But, like, what about sometimes somebody takes something negative and they run with it? Like, oh, you'll never amount to anything, or mm-hmm. you're fat, and they'll be like, oh, I'm fat. You'll see, like, I'm going to lose weight or whatever. I'm really good at that, too. Like, I love a chip on my shoulder. Um and it works. It works until it doesn't. <laughs> right. Like I was able to lose 130 pounds. But what about the last 40? Mm-hmm. Like it worked right. until it didn't. So there's there's every every book has multiple chapters. If there was one chapter of the whole book, that book would suck. And maybe uh, maybe that motivation is coming. It's external, right? It's like someone else said something. They probably don't even realize that they said it to you that way or whatever. And you're you're holding on to it and it's something for you to get behind. But in your case, it sounds like what you're talking about too is that you were mad at yourself, mm-hmm. which is different. You know, if you're pissed off at yourself, that's different. Yeah. That's a hard thing to carry around. Yeah, man. So what's brutal? Like right now, because mm-hmm. you were talking about like your binge eating problem. Mm-hmm. Do you still struggle with that right now? Or have, have you done something that's allowed you to fix that? Or I mean, I guess make it better for yourself. I'll tell you, man, I still struggle with it. So last, a week and a half ago, I was in Hawaii, and my first time in Hawaii, and a friend of mine named Dan Valentine said, Charlie, I've got the mansion in Maui. You could use it whenever you want. I did a speaking engagement for him, and he was like, whenever you want the house. I said, you know what? My mom really wants a vacation. She's never been to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. Dan, can I take her to Hawaii? He said, absolutely. This was my first time being in a house that had snacks in four years. Like, I had made sure I got rid of all packaged goods in my life. When I'm talking about high-frequency food versus low-frequency food, if something's, like, in a package and it can sit on the shelf for four years, it's, like, lower frequency versus something that's alive. So I just stopped eating, like, packaged foods as much as possible. This house had everything. Mm -hmm. And all the demons came back. And I, I, I binged. And I'm like, 
I'm in I'm in Hawaii in this beautiful place and all those sad memories, all those these things that triggered I gained weight like like it pushed me to this place where I'm at a luau and everybody's asking me, Charlie, what's wrong? You just won an Emmy yesterday? And like you're sitting here like sad, depressed, face down, and I'm like, all the old feelings of my old life just came back to me because I've been eat, binge eating the past few days on this food and I couldn't make myself stop. It's like something took over me and I couldn't stop. I could never even get full. I don't know how my body found a way to like when it gets in this like ravenous mode, it doesn't get full. And, and, and it reminded me of everything. And I looked at my mom and I said, Ma, this is a blessing because I forgot what it was like to have these feelings and I needed this I needed this anchor in my mind so that now when I'm looking at food I can remind myself well what do I want to be sweet do I want my life to be sweet or do I want my food to be sweet and that's what inspired me to lose the weight in the first place was that memory what do I want to be sweet and I got reminded of it and since then I've probably lost like 10 pounds this is a week and a half ago and I was just like making good decisions ever since then and like my face has totally changed in the past week and a half I can show you pictures from Hawaii like I was puffy and like bloated and big and now like I can see definition in my face just because I was reminded of the binge eating Mm. and so I needed that I'm glad it I'm glad it happened but I struggle with it every single day yeah do you share that on social media do you kind of say like oh yeah I feel fat today because I, you know, I I went off the rails last night. You tell people that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I keep it real with my followers. Um, I don't really use social media the way you know most do. I, I, it's never self-serving to me, and usually the truth really helps people. Not just me being perfect or not just me being successful. Like, hey, I want an Emmy. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. But most of my posts are about giving to others because there's something I'm going through. So it's like me being perfect isn't helping anybody because we're all going through something. Like we don't see that on social media because people don't post it, but I I talk about my problems all the time. Um, Tell us about this uh, triangle theory that you have. You were explaining some of this to us uh, in the the warehouse and you were mentioning some really, really cool stuff. And I thought, you know, you're like, there's not really people around right now that are trying to make like a Stanford or a Yale or a, they're not trying to like build a university that's going to last, you know, a, a couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a couple people that are some, uh, there's a couple mutants out there like Elon Musk building mm-hmm. like underground tunnels and stuff in Los Angeles. But uh, touch upon that a little bit because I really liked what you're saying. Absolutely. Like there's a, there's a certain paradigm that exists right now in, in culture and we're going to say it's like a triangle, okay? So if you're if you're watching, you'll see my hands. If you're listening, um, just imagine holding up two hands and making a triangle with your thumbs and index fingers. And culturally today, the celebrity or the influencer is at the top of the triangle. Top of the mountain saying, hey, look at me, follow me. Look at all this cool stuff I do in my life. It will inspire you. Look at me. Look at me. Look up at me. And they're preaching from the top of the mountain. And I saw that that's the exact opposite way that the most influential people in the world operate. When we're talking about true influence, the influential people, not the influencers, the influential people of the world flip the paradigm. 
where they're at the bottom and they're lifting everybody else up. Let's take, for example, like an ism, for example. These certain isms, we'll take like Stoicism, for example, like Marcus Aurelius. Like he's up in heaven right now saying, oh, yep, Stoicism's still going. Like it continued on 2,000 years after he was gone. Or you take Jesus Christ, for example, with Christianity or Buddha with Buddhism, right? These are things, yes, these people were the leaders of it, but they're at the bottom of the mountain lifting everybody up. And when you flip that paradigm and you've got Buddha at the bottom and the ism lifting everybody up, it can grow forever because the, the, the triangle can go up and grow up forever. But when you've got the influencer at the top, it can't grow up. It's done. It, it relies solely on that influencer. And when that influencer dies, it's over. Mm. Like, you know, I, I like Tony Robbins, but when he dies, it's over. Like, we'll just find the next one. I'm, I'm not inspired by that. I'm inspired by these things that can continue on hundreds or thousands of years after I'm gone. Like, I'm vegan, for example. Who started veganism? I don't know. But it's, he's up in heaven like, yep, still going. <laughs> Like Charlie's on a podcast preaching about this thing I started, you know, so it's like that's what I'm inspired by. And culturally, we got to get up off of us. We got to we got to preach from the bottom of the mountain, lifting other people up and allow that to spread. These are ideas like ideas are more powerful than people. Ideas can be adopted by millions of people. A person is just as powerful as the person they're in front of or, you know, how yelled how loud they're yelling. To say, look at me, but ideas can spread. Have y'all ever seen like V for Vendetta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, invisible influence. It was an idea, and it and 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 the people made it happen. Yeah. It was a person that planted an idea, and the people changed everything. Mm. And that's what I'm inspired by. And so I don't really care about my Instagram followers. Like, I don't care how many followers I have. I care about the people that follow me, but I'm more interested in them taking what I'm doing and using it and them doing the same thing instead of, hey, look at me. That's why I don't do the antics. I don't I'm not a circus animal on Instagram. Like when I was young, we wanted to see a human being do something like really extreme. We went to the circus. Now, look at a YouTube like screenshot, like thumbnail. It's like everybody's a circus animal, like jumping through fire. Like, mm-hmm. I won't do it. Like, there's the shallow end of the pool, and then there's the deep end of the pool. Mm. I'm trying to be deep. So for you, like, what is the, because I know you've, you've got a lot of beneficial stuff that you're sharing with us. But, well, like, what's the big idea that you're trying to get across, that you're trying to in, have, I guess, influence upon people for? Bro, I'm a baby. I'm a baby in this game. Like, <laughs> like I, I, can't, I can't call it. 100 percent i'll probably know when i'm 70 Mm, i don't know enough right now i'm still a student i'm reading frederick Douglass's book i'm reading martin luther king i'm studying muhammad ali like i'm i'm getting the downloads like neo did in the matrix well brazilian jiu-jitsu you know like that's me right now i know i'm a chosen one for the game i'm just learning i don't know anything i'm just experiencing and reporting back what i'm learning but i'm not i'm not an expert I don't claim to be an expert. When you go on my Instagram, you wouldn't even know I'm a business expert because I don't do the video with the title. I don't do it. I could all day long. I'm a business expert. I've won more awards and had more million dollar businesses than most people. But people think I'm a guy who just runs around. I don't know where to 
win streak. Like, yeah, I'm having fun because that's me. And I don't I just don't brag about my accomplishments on Instagram. So people don't look at me like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like what I want to do is allow. I, I want to unlock people the way I was unlocked. If I can teach people how to be quantum citizens like that frequency mm -hmm. unlocking, they can change their own life. I don't even want you to think I'm an expert. I want you to be the expert. Like when you understand, when you change your frequency and you become quantum, you could tap into all the knowledge. You could tap in. Everything starts making sense. I don't want you relying on me. I don't want you to come to another one of my seminars. I don't want you to like have to keep buying the third book. No, you got it. Everything you need. When you become unlocked, you become quantum. You don't need me anymore. That's what I want. How are you unlocked? When I changed my frequency, when I changed what I ate, when I changed what I consumed, and I got away from the negative people, I, I received magical superpowers. I don't know how I was able to just manifest things so easily. I did it accidentally. I walked into it. It was not intentional. I changed what I ate, high-frequency food. I moved to L.A., got around high-frequency people. I asked myself, where's the healthiest place in the world? I identified Santa Monica. I said, I'm going there. I was the only fat person in Santa Monica. <laughs> I felt like an alien. It's like, oh, a fat person lives here? Like, I was like, I need to just be around the people who are fit. Just put me near them and let me soak up their frequency. Well, guess what happened to me? I lost weight. You know, they're using words like, you know, like I'm, I'm learning about black seed oil. I'm like from Atlanta. What, what is black seed oil? Like, I'm, like, they're teaching me all these things like spirulina. What is spirulina? <laughs> I'm from hip hop. You know, like, but I'm, I'm soaking it all up. Osmosis. Mm -hmm. And... I changed the frequency and everything started making sense to me. How'd you get there? Like, how did you get yourself to like kind of flip the switch? Rock bottom. Rock bottom is a really great place. We think it's bad. It's not bad. Um, so when I went, when I went to Bali, actually, I learned about a little bit about the Hindu religion. I'm like, I just ask people questions. I don't put up walls. I, I like want to learn like, okay, wish I was religion. And the most profound thing that I learned is they pray to the dark gods as much as they pray to the good gods. And I'm like, why? They said, well, the dark gods are like where like all the blessings are. Like when something really bad is happening in your life, that's when something good happens. I'm like, wow, y'all praise the dark gods. And then when I thought about it in my life when I was at rock bottom, which seems like a bad place. But that's what inspired me to change everything. That's what actually pushed me to leave my business. And now I can be here. Like, look at all these blessings that happened because of rock bottom. So I now, when I'm having a bad day, I'm like looking around. Okay, I'm in a dark place. So like I can't really like see. Like imagine you're in a room that's pitch black. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. That's being in a dark place. It feels like everything's crashing around and there's no possibilities. So what I do when I'm in that dark place is I start feeling around. I know there's a blessing somewhere. I know there's a light switch somewhere. If I just feel around enough, I could find the light switch. So I'm not afraid of the dark. I know a blessing is going to come out of it every time. Like the other day in Hawaii when I'm like binging, it's like, nope, this is a winning streak. This is a winning streak because this reminded me of something I needed to be reminded of because I had forgotten in the past two years what it was like to binge. 
I needed to be reminded of this, and it inspired me to get my act together. And since, I've lost some weight. Was there a specific uh, thing that happened? Oh, yeah, man. It was around the Grammys, right when we won a Grammy with 2 Chains, which is the Super Bowl of music. I mean, rappers don't win Grammys, you know, like, and we won one. And I remember the night they said we knew right before. Was it for a song or an album? For a song. Yeah. What song is it? It was uh, No Problems featuring Chance the Rapper. You don't want no problem, <coughs> want no problem with me. So I didn't even go to the Grammys that night. It meant nothing to me. I was so sick. I was so depressed. I was. I, I knew that in my life, this meant nothing because this was this was the last play, and this entire sport I was playing, I was dying in. So winning something meant nothing. I was like, there's something else for me. And I would be called to nature. And I was I was at the ocean. And I would be in my notebook trying to figure my life out. Always like writing things like, well, I'm trying to figure. I knew there's something else for me. And then I heard this voice. I said, you can't figure this one out in your notebook. You got to go on a journey. And I said, okay. I got to go on a journey. Whatever that means, I'm done trying to think with my mind. Because it's led me here. My heart saying something. Now, complete this sentence. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Well, something <laughs> dreams. else. Fo- oh. Follow your dreams. Okay. Follow your instinct. Instinct. Yeah, intuition. Yep. Okay. Notice how <clears throat> nothing you said was follow your mind. If you said that, you would actually like feel weird saying it. Say it. Follow your mind. That, yeah. Follow your mind. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> we know to say it. Instinctively, we know to say, follow your heart and follow your dreams. Now, point at yourself. Why don't we point here? <laughs> that would be weird. You would look weird if you pointed your, to your head. Yeah. But, but we spend so much time here, in our head. When this has knowledge, instinctively we point here. Instinctively we say, follow your heart. And we, our dreams and heart go in the same follow exact place. Follow your gut. Gut, yeah, like same area, right? Like I would definitely say gut before brain all day. So, and your gut has intelligence too. That's what's crazy, but yet we still spend so much time here. So when this voice hit me, said go on a journey, I said, you know what, I'm done fighting. I'm done trying to figure this out with my mind. I'm done trying to, I'm just going to go. I'm going to trust it. And I asked myself, well, what's my truest dream? Because when you're broken, all you have left is your truth. Like, that's all I got left. I ain't got nothing but my truth. And what is my truth? My truth was when I was eight years old, I buried the one dream that I was meant for. And that was, I want to be an athlete. But I was overweight as a kid. So I said, you know what? Let me be an entrepreneur. That's more realistic. And that set me on a life path that led me to 300 pounds and a brain tumor. I had to autocorrect and I had to jump back on a track that I buried at eight. And that was my truth. I'm going to be an athlete. So I went to my artists. I went to my business partners and I said, I'm retiring. When you found out about that tumor, did that like, when was it that you found out? Was it like earlier on the career later? So first got diagnosed with a brain tumor when I was a kid, like in 11th grade in high school. It was always under control though. Like it was doctors had it figured out. When I got older, I remember I was at 2 Chains' house. 
And I woke up and the room just started spinning. And I couldn't make it stop. 30 seconds felt like three hours. I was terrified. I was like, oh, is this how it ends? Can't make it stop. Finally stopped. I got out of bed, went to pick up the socks and shoes, and I passed out. And I was like, oh, boy. It's comeback. And it's life-threatening, it felt like. And it was wrapped around my left eye. It was uh, putting pressure on the artery going into the brain. And it was started corroding the bones at the top of my spine. It was sitting on it. It was big. It was wrapped around everything. They couldn't do surgery on it. They had this medication that they had me on my whole life, and it stopped working. So they jacked me up to levels to try to get it to shrink. Well, when they took me up to these levels, it started affecting my heart valves. So I'm like, okay, now I've got heart valve problems because of medication to fix my brain tumor. I said, why do I have a brain tumor? I'm like now getting to that point with the doctors. Why? They said, well, you just have it. I said, why? They, they, they couldn't tell me the root cause. I said, why do people get this? And I said, you know what? I'm going to take things into my own hands. I called my mom. I didn't tell her what was going on. I just said, I want you to come visit me in L.A. I just want to spend some time with you. I was terrified. And I remember we're staying at a little Airbnb. Um, and something just told me, that's probably what I'm eating. And I'm retracing all these patterns in my life to where my brain tumor flared up or when I would get these massive migraines. And it all revolved around food. Packaged food, specifically sweets. Basically not real food. I would like binge eat on it my whole life. I'm eating this processed food or this aspartame diet sodas. I've been on diet since I was eight. And I just sat down on the couch and I said, it's my food. What's the one thing? If I were to fix one thing in my life that would probably heal me, it's probably food. And something told me to watch a documentary. And I'm from hip hop. I'm from the South. Like I had one vegan friend and I thought she was weird. Her name was Joy. She would take me to a vegan restaurant. I'm like, what? Uh-uh. I'm not doing this. And something just told me to watch a vegan documentary and I watched it and I flipped the switch immediately. People said, was it hard going vegan? I said, no. I wanted to live. Like, I have a problem. You know, I'm going to see if the vegan thing works. And um, when I first went vegan, I gained 20 pounds. <laughs> I was eating vegan junk food. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. And then a realization hit me. I said, okay, if I'm dying and you are what you eat, is what I'm eating dead or alive? So I started looking at food different. I said, oh, is this dead or alive? Well, let's say I'm eating a Cliff Bar. Healthy, vegan, <laughs> but it can sit on the shelf for four years. Right. That's pretty much dead. I look at an orange. That's alive. If we were to put like an instrument that looks at the radiation, the vibration coming off of dead food versus alive food, like you ever heard somebody say, oh, you're glowing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I get that all the time now. You're glowing. you got so much energy. This because I'm eating energy. I'm eating a lot of energy. I'm not eating an energy drink or energy bar. I'm actually eating real, actual energy. Like the frequency is really high on this food. And it's like when you get a cut on your hand. 
body knows how to heal. I don't know how it does it, but it's like I wish my car would heal like like when I scrape the side of it. But my hand knows how to heal if I cut it. If I put something clean on it, it, it heals. If I put something dirty on it, it doesn't. So what I was putting in my body was a lot of like, you know, like rubbing dirt on a, on a wound. When I put the clean water on it, body started healing. Brain tumor started shrinking. Like everything started aligning for the first time because I had eaten really, really bad. And now it's like my brain tumor shrunk without the medication. Mm, I still have the brain tumor, yeah. but it's not life-threatening anymore. Now I'm able to do things like when I did that Ironman, <clears throat> let me tell you, we're in Tapo, New Zealand. Get done with the Iron Man at 12 at night. Because uh, I went really, really slow. <laughs> so um, it took 16 hours and 41 minutes to complete. Now, Iron Man, for anybody listening, 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride through the mountains of New Zealand, mm. and then a 26.2 mile run. I got done with the Iron Man. And I was like, I'm not sore. I've run marathons and 5Ks where I've been sore, you know, and we're done and we're not sore. Get done at around 1141. Wake up the next morning at 6 a.m. I just got done exercising for 16 hours and I woke up at 6 a.m. the next morning and I'm feeling my body and I'm like, why am I not sore? I'm not sore. Wow. And I'm walking around the town of Tapo. And nobody's out because everybody's asleep. And I'm like, wow, like my body has literally no inflammation because how I eat. I'm eating all alkaline food. There's no inflammation in my body to where I can go do some crazy exercising and I'm not I'm not inflamed. So getting rid of the inflammation, getting getting rid of the inflammation <laughs> is like most all disease comes from inflammation. So, I, I mean, no matter, you know, what doctor it is in the world, inflammation is bad. And, uh, you know, uh, acid is, is bad. Um, uh, alkaline is good. Like, you know, that's kind of general consistency. So I just try to eat more living foods as much as possible. For people listening, do you need to go vegan? No. <clears throat> just eat more living foods. Like, it's kind of like grandma's advice. Eat your vegetables. Like, it's just eat more, mm -hmm. you know. Um, a big reason for it is, like, cancer. Like, in this country, like, I was in hip-hop, for example, and this is a little controversial, I lost um, one of my artists, got shot and killed at my studio. His name was Bankroll Fresh. And, like, um, my family would call me and be, like, worried for my life. Like, my aunts and uncles, you know, I'm, you know, white. Like, they're, like, a little confused by the hip-hop thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, 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 we're always good. But then, like, the shooting started happening. I got shot at one time. You know, two chains have been shot at. Young Dolph, that artist, he's been shot at hundreds of times. Um so it's violent. And I told my family something through all of this. And I said, look, I pulled up on Google. How many shooting deaths are there a year? 22,000 in America. I was like, that's 22,000 too many. That's a lot. But then I pulled up how many cardiovascular deaths are there a year? 600,000. I told my family, I said, there's more violence going on in your kitchen than at my studio. <laughs> and nobody's talking about that. So don't, don't attack hip-hop because there's more violence going on everywhere than at my studio. I said, food will kill me before a gun. 
all day long. So food is killing 600,000 people in America every year. Well, what's the second biggest cause of death in America? Cancer. What do you think's causing it? Come on, it's how we eat. Come on, yeah, like cigarettes for like lung cancer, but like the rest of the cancer, come on. We eat trash in this country. Seven out of 10 people in this country are overweight or obese. Life expectancy has dropped the past two years in a row Mm. in the most advanced medical, you know, society in the history of the world. And we're going down in life expectancy the past couple of years. Why? It's because how we eat. It's like, come on, man. All we got to do is start eating some living food. It doesn't have labels. God was like, hey, I got y'all. Like, just trust me. Like, I made this stuff for you already. Yeah. Like, stop eating that stuff in the, in the package. Like, mm, that's not for you. I've already made what you should eat, you know? And it's, like, colorful. <laughs> and it's, like, got sugar in it. You know, it's, it's, like, dope. It's, like, if we think about candy, for example, candy is something that if we eat too much of, we get sick. But we love it. We love candy. Candy is like visually stimulating. Like it just is so good. But what does all candy mimic? Fruits. Come on. Every single candy you eat has like strawberry, like grape, like, <laughs> you know, orange flavor. Like, like, why don't we just eat the orange? Like, it's just as visually stimulating, yeah. you know. So that's all I that's all I would recommend to anybody, you know, like. The meat intake, like, yeah, just like a little bit less or just have more of the vegetables. So why eat the Impossible Burger? Because sometimes you just need that little percentage of your food to taste good. I'm (laughs) human now. Now I guess guess I'm saying, like, why not just eat the meat? Because you're saying, you know, with candy being compared to, right? Yeah. So, like, why not just eat the meat Um, for yourself? Probably cancer. Probably cancer. Um, And I do good with rules. I do really good with rules. If mm. I start like eating a little meat, I'll probably like eat too much. Mm. So it's like, okay, if it's a vegetable, I'm just going to stick to my little vegan thing because I do good within boundaries. I'm not very good at being balanced. Some people are great at like eating a little bit of meat, eating some vegetables. I'm not good at it. I overdo just about anything in life. Did you try a bunch of other diets? I'm sure you tried yeah. a, a ton of different diets, right? One of, one of the diets that was dangerous for me just and this is me personally was the diets that got rid of fruit. If I couldn't eat fruit, I started craving a lot of sugar, and the sugar I would go after would be like packaged sugars. So when I started eating a lot of fruit, I would get sugar. So I would actually stopped craving packaged pastries. Mm. So like the diet that works best for me is one where I could eat a lot of fruit, and that just kind of saved my binge eating problems. You know what's really cool, though? It's like you're super aware of yourself. Like you mentioned when you went to Hawaii and you had all those snacks. Mm -hmm. Like you know that you can't keep that around you. Like even myself, man, Mm -hmm. I don't have any snacks because I know every single time that I've had a lot of snacks around me, I will eat everything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I'll just eat it all. That's how I am. (laughs) So like that's the dope thing. Like the the big thing is you know where your limits lie Mm -hmm. and you're working within them. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I think – you know, landing on the diet that you landed on, it's what fits your needs and what fits you. And, and it's something that can help you limit, you know, how many binge eating exactly. episodes you end up having, right? Because I don't think most people have the psychological problems I have with food. There's a lot of people, they just need to cut out soda. 
and they're going to go lose 150 pounds. Yeah. Like, or just start walking or just like go to the gym 30 minutes a day. Not everybody's the same with me. I've got extremes. I got extreme problems and like extreme, like good things. Like I'm going to like bike across America, but most people, they just need like a nice little balanced, like, yeah, cut out soda, like watch what happens to your life. Or just like, you know, be consistent with like a keto diet, for example. Just be consistent, you know, and watch what happens. I've, I've done every diet, but I also got psychological issues with diets. Mm-hmm. So what I stumbled upon with my weight loss was I started looking at calories differently. I stopped counting calories and I did this one shift. I said, how many calories are in a pound of something? And I'm going to eat those foods because I wanted to be full. I I made these rules. I said, I want to be full and I want to lose weight. I'm done restricting food. I'm done eating less. So I said, well, how many calories are in a pound of strawberries? Do y'all know? No. A whole pound. Just like a lot. A whole pound of strawberries. um, Is it 250? Okay. Yeah, maybe around 500 or so. 500? Okay. How many calories are in a pound of cashews? Mm. Oh, a pound of cashews. Yeah. I'd say like 800 to a, 800 to 1100. Big range, but a lot. 3000. Oh, so strawberries is 151. Come on now. That's how Ooh. I started looking at food. Well, I want to eat a pound of something and I don't want to gain weight. Which foods can I eat? Sweet potato. 289 calories. I ate so many sweet potatoes. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to be so full and I'm hardly going to consume any calories. Right. Mm-hmm. Strawberries, sweet potatoes. So I'm looking at these foods that are low calorie dense. Give me a pound of <clears throat> Let me get full. And I just made my decision on what I'm going to eat. And I'm going to eat a lot of it because mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm wired that way. I want to eat a lot of food. Yeah. So that's, that's how I'd go about it. Calorie density instead of counting calories. I think that's valuable. You know, bodybuilders have used that for a long time. That's why they eat vegetables. Mm. I think a lot of bodybuilders aren't like, oh, I need the extra like nutrients or whatever, because they have a diet that has fruit in it. They have a diet where they're probably consuming a lot of supplements. Like they're kind of doing every and anything to make sure that they progress forward. But they know when they're in a caloric deficit that they better make sure that they're not like going crazy. So mm. that in order to feel full. They'll eat spinach. Mm-hmm. They, they'll eat broccoli, things like that. Earlier you were talking about, uh, like before we got on air, about like uh, somebody, you know, accomplishing something and then moving on, mm. right? Like if they keep talking about that one thing, it's like, okay, like how many times are you going to tell people that you lost 130 mm-hmm. pounds? Like even you yourself, you're just like, we think it's amazing. We could hear that all day long because mm-hmm. it is amazing. Um, do you think that like the idea of like going vegan, you're going to be able to continue that forever? Or is that the diet that helped get you here? And then maybe later on down the road, it might turn into something like maybe like a ketogenic diet or just something like that. So I'm not the type to use labels. Um, I go where my heart tells me to go. Mm -hmm. If I use labels, I would have labeled myself as a music manager and I would still be in the music industry. I don't know what's meant for me. You know, I can I can change at any moment. I'm not afraid to reinvent that you know if if veganism you know is is a chapter and that's what it's meant to be that's fine you know like i'm i'm not stuck on it you know i'm going where i'm called i do notice i don't crave meat my body's probably going to tell me what i should eat 
because it's really smart. And it's like, if if it's telling me I need something, I'm gonna listen to it. Mm-hmm. But when I got rid of meat, I never know. I never had a craving. So it wasn't. I don't. I don't know if it's for me. But if it starts craving meat, like yo, like we need some meat. Like I'll eat it. But my body usually craves sugar. That's the only thing I think about. So <laughs> <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> you ever mess around with uh, fasting? A little bit, yeah, yeah. So Is it successful for you at all, or not really? Um, when when I'm not stressed out mm-hmm. and I'm in a balance in my life, it's great. When I'm in an imbalance, it can it can cause me to binge. Right. Have you noticed that exercise? exercise can cause you to binge too like you get excited about exercising maybe maybe you've been traveling a little bit maybe you don't, haven't had a chance to have as much exercise as usual you get back into a routine you're like monday i'm gonna and then do you find that that sometimes triggers you i do notice that when my body is in an extended fight or flight since i probably have a cortisol imbalance because of my brain tumor that my appetite mm-hmm. will dramatically increase when i um you know, run too far, bike too far, exercise too much. Um, I probably need to learn balance a little bit more. And it's hard to pack it in when you're feeling good, though. It's hard to stop, right? Yeah, man. You want to keep going. So I think um, I think too much exercise increases my appetite a little too much. That if I went, uh, if I treated my exercise a little bit more responsibly, like I know a lot of fit people, they're like, yeah, like I exercise. 30 minutes a day, four, four hours, I mean, four days out of the week. I'm like, that's it? I do like 19 hours a week. And it's just too much. It's yeah. not very responsible. So my appetite goes crazy and my body thinks it's running from a lion for a very <laughs> long time. So it actually starts storing weight. I mean, it blew my mind biking across America. I didn't think it would be possible to gain weight. Like when I started to when I ended I was, I mean, even with the Ironman training. So leading up to the Ironman, you got to do a lot of training. I was doing half Ironman three days in a row, like back to back to back mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And I gained 15 pounds leading up to the Ironman because I was doing so much exercise. Now I'm at a calorie deficit. Like I'm burning like six, 8,000 calories a day, probably eating four or 5,000. And I'm packing on, you know, fat. But it's because my body's in fight or flight too long, too extended. And I'm not letting it recover. I'm not meditating. It's in fear. So it doesn't know when it's going to get its next meal. You know, Charlie, I'm, I'm curious about this because I think you're in a really good, really cool spot because everybody's seeing your journey from point A to point B. They're seeing everything in between right now. They're seeing everything you're learning and everything you're doing. And you, you mentioned something before. You like you mentioned being in a dark place, but how right now have you come to have that love for the person in the mirror mm. and like be okay with it? Yet you're still progressing because a lot of people that are trying to lose weight do not like who they are right now. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, I can understand how that's okay not to be happy where you are, mm-hmm. but they literally hate themselves, right? Yeah. How like. How, how do you navigate that? Or did you did you have that self-love beforehand even no, throughout man. this whole journey? How it's did that brand evolve? New. It's brand new, man, self-love. So the other day, I saw this really fit guy. We were in the same room, and it was the first time in my life I ever said to myself, or really knew, not even said to myself, like I'm trying to convince myself. I said, I think I look better than this dude. And I had some realizations. So I have a friend of mine who's a master Nike trainer, uh, 
and he's like a, he's the guy who introduced Nike to yoga and his name is uh, Brandon Collinsworth and we went out to Bali for like six months I mean six weeks together and he said Charlie like how you feel about your body is pretty much how a lot of people with six packs feel they said like it's dangerous for some people because the second they post a picture on their Instagram with a six pack is the second they get congratulated for their six pack and then if they fell off people look at them crazy so there's a lot of pressure on them like oh what happened to you like you used to have a six pack so they have a lot of like pressure on themselves as well just like I have pressure on myself they're like Charlie like like people not everybody with a six pack is happy just like me I'm not exactly happy having a gut that's Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. He's he's super cool from Las Vegas, from the streets of Las Vegas. Now he's an Ivy League graduate, you know, master Nike trainer. It's a really cool guy. Sick. Um, but yeah, he said, he said, Charlie, like, you're dope as it is. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I don't have a problem getting girls. Like, no girl has ever not thought I was cute. Like, even when I was 300 pounds, they were like, there were certain girls who like chubby guys like and they're really pretty girls <laughs> and today like no girl has ever had a problem with how i looked it's just me having a problem with how i look mm-hmm. and I, I looked at this fit guy and i said you know what he looks great but i think i look better and that's the first time i ever not wanted to be somebody who was fit and i started like appreciating what other people appreciate about me like nah you're a good looking dude like what you tripping about charlie and now I'm like finally grasping that for the first time in my life. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm good enough today. I got a little ways to go and I'll go there. But man, you're dope today. Mm. How are we going to lose these uh, next 40 pounds or so? And how are you going to do it like in a realistic way? Like you're going to just try to take your time with it, like let it let it carry out the way it needs to carry out? Or are you going to just I'll you tell know, you. try to try to like make a challenge for yourself or something yeah so this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be responsible and i'm gonna look where i've never looked before so what got me here isn't gonna get me there like me doing another iron man and all mm -mm, mm -mm. what haven't i tried so i wake up at 5 30 very first thing i do i go on a walk with no cell phone better make it 5 15 let's get serious around here (laughs) okay i'm with that actually i want to actually like progress up a little bit <laughs> so 5 15 i go on a walk with no cell phone okay i want to get out of fight or flight mode as much as possible because i'm the type i'll wake up going to war today we're going to crush it let's go and i will do that with business and with health so walk with no cell phone then i'm on day 12 right now of youtube girly yoga okay and mm. i'm like starting to like it and i'm the stiffest person ever but my big journey coming up with the NBA, I'm going to have to be agile. So I'm like starting to like do the little 30 minute girly yoga thing. And I'm starting to like it a little bit. I'm getting a little bit more flexible. So I do that. Then I do a little meditation, keeping fight or flight down. Boom. Then I eat breakfast and I do my quantum possibilities notebook. And then I've, I've got to like shape my body. I've never shaped my body before. Like, I've lost weight, but I want to, like, I want to have a little bit of muscle. You know, like, as y'all can see, I don't have a lot, but it's like, like, even when I did, like, the 75 hard thing, I didn't gain muscle. I didn't lose weight. I did it. The two workouts a day. Are you familiar with, like, Andy? Yeah, Andy Purcell, yeah, absolutely. And, and I did it. 
But I didn't gain. I one, I gained weight. I posted the before and after picture of seventy five days of two two seventy two a days and everything. No difference. It's because my body was in fight or flight mode, so it actually was not gaining muscle. I was packing on fat. Like it's it's on my profile. Day one, day seventy five. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do I go about lifting weights and doing push ups? Because I was doing push ups every day and I wasn't getting results because my body was freaking out. I'm not meant to overdo it anymore. There's too much trauma. So I'm going about everything responsibly and I'm going to say it's going to be easy and I'm not going to let my body be in fear anymore. Yeah, it's just going to probably take time because you can you can recomp your body and uh, it might be like a slower procedure than like you could lose 40 pounds. You've done the weight loss stuff a bunch of times and I'm sure you've probably uh, lost 30 pounds in almost a blink of an eye in the past. Mm-hmm. But to like recomp, you know, to lose to lose 15 and gain five, like that shit just, it just takes a while. Yes. You know, it might take a year, it might take two years. But over a period of time, like you'll notice too, like you'll, your clothes will just fit different. Mm-hmm. You'll just kind of look different. You'll feel a little bit more confident. People will be like, dude, mm-hmm. you're getting kind of jacked. Like what's going on? You know, you're going to, like I said, it takes some time, but... So you haven't really practiced a lot of a lot of lifting, like for a consistent period of time. Man, I've had my spurts, but like I said, I was always irresponsible how I'd go about it. So I've lifted a lot in my life. I have nothing to show for it mm. because I'll drive myself so thin. I'll I would quit. Right. So it'd be like it's it's not a I never made a habit out of mm. it. But when it comes to health, I've done just about everything <laughs> quite a bit, just right. not stringed together. Mm. Yeah, uh, something that might help might be to try to get like a lifting partner or coach, you know, or sign up at a CrossFit gym or something, something a little different. Like you're like you're doing those yoga things at, at your at your own house, like yeah. watching uh, YouTube. Yeah. That's great. You know, if you can find something like that, I'll tell that you, you one can of the follow things I through lifting do. might be good. That's what I want to do. And I want to make an example for everybody. And I want to do it responsibly. So I want to show people. A journey. I always like teaching. So it's like, okay, I'm not good at this yet, but let me go about this a different way. Let me try to reprogram myself with how to approach this. And I want to do one push-up. Next day, two push-ups. And I want to document it. And I'm going to take a picture every single day. And I'm going to keep a chart every single day. On day 30, I did 30 push-ups. On day 40, 40 push-ups. Because I want it to be as much about a habit as it is about the results. And with this, mm. I'm going to let go of the results until it actually happens. And I'm just, nope, 31. Mm-hmm. That's my only goal. Nope, next day, 32. Next day, 33. And then after six months, I felt a story that every single human being can realistically do. One. Two. Right. Three. Because it's intimidating. Like seeing like fit guys like you. Like y'all are good at it. Like, like that... For somebody who's not good, it's intimidating. So I just want to like ease people in. Like one, two, after six months, and I'm like, <sighs> and that will probably trigger other things in my life to do the same thing. Well, what else do I want? It might take somebody who wants to run and be like, yeah, I'm going to run for one minute today. I'm going to run for two minutes today. I'm going to run for three minutes. And I just want to like, I want, I want to do that for once in my life. And I want to do it with push-ups. Cause I want to have, you know, I want to like, yeah. I want to know what it's like to kind of have a little muscle mass. I just want to experience that. 
is it uh, hard for you to get enough protein in with the vegan diet, or have you uh, no. fig- figured that out? You navigated it enough to. I can get about 150, 200 yeah. in easily. Good. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 not that hard. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think uh, you know a good way to get those push-ups in is to try to surround it around maybe other habits that you have. Mm. Think about like other things that you do. It sounds like you have a pretty scheduled life. So my suggestion would be I would even like maybe write those push-ups in mm. as part of some of your you know routine. You could even just do it with like uh, every time you use the bathroom. Oh, you know, how many times you use the bathroom in a day, Matt? If you did two push-ups every time you use the restroom, I don't even know how many push-ups that would end up being, but yeah. it would start to add up to be a lot as you start to go up in numbers. You, know, you start to get to day forty and stuff like that. You're giving it a trigger, yeah. I like that. Yeah, put it around. Put it around something else. That's cool. Might be a good might be a good idea for you. That's cool, man. You could also come here and train with us. I can't wait. Y'all got a cool yeah. gym. The energy in there. Like, I like energy. And yeah. when I walked in, first of all, I walked through the front door. And I, I was outside and I was filming the sign. I'm like pulling up on Uncle Mark. And then <laughs> I walk in and I see my face on the little TV. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, these guys are clever. This is nice. Like they put thought into this. Like I'm oh, yeah. walking in no, like nobody was in the front. I'm like, I wonder where everybody is. And then I look in the window and like there's like two people like waving at me, Charlie, Charlie. And then I walk out into the gym part and everybody's like huddled around. It's like there's a bet going down right now. And it's going to be $100 on the line and he has a messed up shoulder and he's going to try to do 300 pounds or 350 pounds and i'm like this is some real energy going on in here y'all are really about that life and it's like i want to be you're fast you're really fast this is my instagram but you know what i'm having so much fun looking at myself right now because it's like i like what i see where in the past i'd be like wow oh like i hate look but i'm like oh man that's a good looking guy but look at all these fit people back here having fun at their job like that Mm -hmm. says a lot about this company to walk in and i mean i got a freaking winning streak shirt like look at (laughs) look at uncle mark <laughs> you'll, oh, be, yeah. uh, there he is. you'll be invoiced for the shirt. <laughs> cool. You'll be like, damn, eighteen bucks, damn. Hey, I love supporting businesses. Good quantum energy. <laughs> Man, so you you've had, I mean, in, in an amazing journey, dude. I, I love hearing everything that you've been able to accomplish. But uh, somebody might be watching. There's, you know, they're maybe not. You know, you, you're talking about a dark place, right? Maybe they're in a dark place. They look at you like man, I wish I could lose over 100 pounds or I wish yeah. I could be a Nike athlete. Uh, I'm sure like the first time like you look in the mirror, like, ooh, look at my jawline. Like I'm yeah. looking pretty good, right? Because you, you look fantastic. Thank you. But, uh, you know, somebody who's looking at that, like, dude, that's a lot. That, that's that's just overwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm I, maybe I can't get there. But that whole winning streak, that, mm. everything that you get behind, like, can you tell people that maybe have not heard that side of the story about yeah. Just how you get on a winning streak? Man, all right. So this is what really changed my life because I dealt with a lot of bad things, just like those people who are in a dark place. Mm -hmm. And I'm the king of dark place, you know? (laughs) So I had to save myself from my own perspective. And the fact is most of us are on a losing streak. We're going through shit. Like, we're humans. Mm -hmm. We go through shit. And there's family problems, there's relationship problems, there's kid problems, there's health problems, there's brain tumor problems, there's business problems. There's a lot to realize that there's losing streaks going. And we get addicted to that. And if we start thinking about all the things that are bad, we feel like losers. 
I'm on a lo- we're secretly saying I'm on a losing streak all day long. And I was like, I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. So I need to find things to drink enough Kool-Aid of I'm a winner that I stop thinking about being a loser because our brains can only think about one thing at a time. Like it can't think of two things at one time. If I say uh, pink, now you think about pink. You could not think about blue and pink if I said pink. You only think about pink. So how do I do that with winning? So in the brain, there's reticular activating system. Yeah. All right. And what this does is it filters to show us the stuff we want to see. Okay. Because right now your eyes and the people watching's eyes are secretly subconsciously consuming millions of pieces of data. And yet our brain isn't going berserk. It's just showing us a couple of the things and we're processing it. So I said, how do I get my brain to process just winning streaks? Because if I say I'm going to see, you know, black Teslas, I start seeing them. Or when you buy a car, you just start seeing it everywhere. That's the reticular activating system showing us what what we want it to show us. We were seeing the black Teslas the entire time, but we weren't getting the trigger uh, into our reticular activating system. So I want my brain to show me winning streaks. So I got to start practicing. I got to look for them. And then, boom, that's all I start seeing. So I start with Starbucks in the morning, which I love, my little Starbucks. And um, I figured out a winning streak because a latte has certain ingredients. A latte has two espresso shots and for me, almond milk and sugar. And that's five dollars. And I realized. If I ordered two espresso shots, a little splash of almond milk and raw sugars, it's two dollars and forty five cents. If I order those items separately They still put it all in one cup, like a latte. But I said, just give me two shots of espresso. And the way they punch it into the computer, it comes in half the price. Starbucks is about to change that right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, wow, all that happiness for only $2.40? I'm on a winning streak. And I like say that to the little lady behind the counter. And she laughs at me every time. She knows I'm going to say it every day. (laughs) But it's my way of starting my winning streak for the day. Mm. And then I'll catch the green light. I'm on a winning streak. And then, you know, I I, I get the good parking spot. I'm on a winning streak. Or I practice all sorts of other things, like I'll see somebody has a house for sale, and I'll pass the for sale sign. I said, oh, they're about to get paid. They're on a winning streak. Mm -hmm. You know, the real estate agent's about to be on a winning streak because that person's going to get a commission. And then the person buying it is about to have a whole new beautiful house. They're on a winning streak, too. And I just look for all these wins. And I'll look at, I'll I'll walk past somebody's, you know, yard and I'll be like, wow, that's some beautiful grass. They're on a winning streak. So if I just practice seeing all these winning streaks, guess what I start feeling like? I'm on a winning streak. And then my my body language changes. Now I don't feel like a loser anymore because my brain can only think about one thing at a time. And I'm only thinking about wins. And then it attracts because that's like the the tactical version we can do. That's like mathematics. Mm -hmm. But then there's the law of attraction that this frequency that we get on starts attracting the one plus one equals a thousand stuff where I can't predict what's coming. But blessings just pour in when I'm in this vibration. When I'm in the negative losing vibration, I get a lot more negative. Mm-hmm. Like we create our reflection. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of people have a tendency just to focus in on the negative, you know, and there's a lot of, like you mentioned, there's a lot of bad things that are happening. There's 
plenty of negative stuff that you can complain about, mm-hmm. you know, but then you don't see the good. Somebody might get a coffee in the morning. They might spill it all over the place. A lot of times the place will give you a free coffee, mm-hmm. but you're still mad about the fact that you, you know, you spilt it on your new shoes mm-hmm. or something and you're like, F this, you know, and you're all pissy about it. But it is good to, to try to look at, you know, what, what are the good things that are going on? Mm-hmm. And then by looking at those good things, more good things will happen. And I have a similar, uh, uh, I guess program, you'd, I guess you'd say, is uh, I talk about points on the scoreboard. Like I feel like I'm scoring points all day. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm accumulating these points and no one else is playing the game with me probably. But I feel like I'm winning because it, they're adding up as the day goes along. And I'm like, I got in my 10-minute walk. I got my favorite cup of coffee. Yeah. I, I got to see my brother. I got oh. to see my buddies, you know. I'm start doing that. Early morning workouts, all that stuff, you know. Man, what'd you score today? 40? <laughs> You're already at 40? <laughs> you don't want to look at the scoreboard, buddy. <laughs> you know, oh, re- don't do it. Don't do it. What's really cool about that winning streak, though, is that you're not only, like, having all these wins for yourself you're also like just bringing in all these other people's wins just like mark when that guy sent you that that video right and Mm. you shared that out that was a win for him but also a win for yourself you know you're just having all these good feelings not for you too only but for everybody else i think that's people should pick up on that yeah yeah yeah, it's Absolutely. As, it's who as, else? It's as, I was gonna say it's as simple as like you know when somebody says oh it rains it pours when it rains it pours Wings. like got a flat tire yeah uh, I ran out of gas whatever it is and then yeah. oh then I'm late on rent so they you know, Murphy's law yeah so you can be things exact, always happen in threes can, <laughs> it's like well yeah now let's just wait because you right. are being such a negative piece you're of crap you're now looking for number two <laughs> yeah. and number three to <laughs> yeah. validate your yeah everyone right. is so quick to believe in that but not the flip side right so it's like it's just that easy yeah man I love that. But the Ooh. other, oh, go ahead. That other, the other shift though, too, like it's the way you think about it. Cause you mentioned that snack thing in Hawaii, right? Yeah. But then you looked at that and you were like, I'm happy that this happened because it shows me how I feel when I do this. Yeah. So I needed to remember this so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Even those negative things are wins for you. I'm a delusional optimist. <laughs> like delusionally optimistic yeah. is the only way to keep my sanity. Because, I mean, it's real easy to lose your mind. When you're thinking about bad things mm. and it's a slippery slope and it becomes really addictive. So it's like if I'm a delusional optimist, I'm like looking at everything like, oh, like I got in a car wreck. It's like, think about it like this. It was somebody who got in a car wreck driving to work in New York on September 11th and couldn't get there mm. and it saved their life. So it's like if I get in a car wreck... Oh, it's probably just doing this just to save my life. Do you know what? Like, like, so paranoid means the universe is conspiring against me. Pronoid, the universe is conspiring for me. I'm pronoid. Oh, like I got a car wreck. It's probably to save my life from like some tragic event. Like if I were to go get where I was trying to go, like it's not a bad thing. Like I'm literally that delusional. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like a like a kid delusional, right? Oh, man. Our inner child. So, bro, I'm big on the inner child thing. That's why I like call myself Charlie Rocket. I say, I'm on a winning streak. Because <laughs> when we were kids, like we were truth. Like we didn't know anything. We didn't know what society taught us certain things. So I really try to be a kid as much as possible. One, for my imagination. Because when we were kids, we could create worlds in our mind. And then something happened as we got older where we're like more realistic and we have a measuring stick now 
And when, like when we were kids, we would sit on the floor. So now when I want to spark my imagination, I sit on the floor. I go back to the trigger of when I was a kid and I could imagine worlds. And that's where my innovation comes from. That's where my concepts come from. Like all the things I talk about are not regurgitated from another self-help speaker. Like I have original concepts because I use my mind in creativity. I sit on the floor. I draw pictures. So being a kid is really my secret to being original and innovating marketing or businesses all those type of things so i'm really big on that even giving myself a superhero name like charlie rocket like mm-hmm. i dress up as it you know like i'm a kid yeah and yeah, the kids aren't programmed yet no they don't have all that stuff going on and kids do weird shit like they like uh just lay down like wherever in the house like they don't have to lay down on like a design spot to lay down like they're not laying down in the living room watching tv they might just like lie down like right by the bottom of the stairs mm-hmm. like on the cold tile for no reason mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are you doing down there like i don't know mm-hmm. you know just they kind of just you know go to the beat of their own drum especially when they're really little yeah which is really cool who else can uh who else can dream crazy who else can go on a winning streak Whew. i mean if if you have your sanity like like it's possible like as long as you feel okay about yourself then you can probably I mean, even even if you don't like, I think people are in bad places, or like it's for a reason. Like, if if they're going down that dark road, like there's a blessing there, so they're on the perfect path. Like people ask me sometimes, like Charlie, if you could go back and like give your eight year old self advice, like that's like a common question, mm-hmm. right? I'd be like, I want to tell him shit. <laughs> <laughs> All the mistakes that I made were perfect. Yeah, I mean, why? You know, you ever see Back to the Future? Yeah, man. It's like make sure you don't see yourself. Yeah. Like, don't don't go messing with that. Uh-uh, don't go mess with it because the problems in our life are as big a gifts as the, like, me winning a Grammy was cool, but me, like, having, like, weight problems was better because now I got to, like, teach people and I got to go on a journey. So it was perfect. Everything that bad happened to me was perfect. I wouldn't change a thing because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be strong if those things didn't happen. Mm. I wouldn't be resilient. I wouldn't have winning streak mindset if I didn't have to be forced into having that. I'd be comfortable. Uh, my point is, too, is that everyone possesses the ability to go on a winning streak. Everybody. Everyone possesses the ability to dream crazy. Yeah. What would you say, uh, and kind of wrapping some of this up, because we talk a lot about in this podcast, you know, about you know people maybe being frustrated with something, and we try to give them some strategies towards things they can do. Uh, they just feel better about themselves and just to feel good in their day to day. Dreaming is great, mm-hmm. you know, and being a dreamer is awesome. And I, I'm a dreamer, but I'm also, uh, I also happen to be a doer. So the two mm-hmm. things worked out really well because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not just thinking about it. I'm not just dreaming about it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things are actually uh, happening for me. What about that person that's dreaming about doing something big, mm-hmm. uh, but they're they're not in a spot where they can really make the jump? Mm-hmm. You know, do you advise some of these people to, you know, you hear some people like, oh, just quit your job or, mm-hmm. you know, just lay it all on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's worked for you? Is is really scary when I hear people in my industry tell people like, make sure you find your purpose, because most people listening to it are like. <laughs> I don't know what my purpose is. So yeah, then you they might get, be stumbled upon it right now, right? Right. And you can easily make somebody feel really inferior <coughs> if you're telling them to find their purpose and they don't know where to find it. So in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm in a purpose right now. But when I was young, like I had 
I had this mentality of, you know what? I don't know what I'm meant for, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it with pride. For example, my family sold vacuum cleaners. My grandfather sold vacuum cleaners. My dad sold vacuum cleaners. My mom sold vacuum cleaners, and I sold vacuum cleaners. Society, like, looked down upon that, like the guy who knocks on your door and, like, tries to sell you something. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was cool, and I was like, I want to be great at it. Like, I want to be great at this. And then I remember in high school, I loved basketball so much. I asked the coach, you know, like, could I be the water boy? Because I wanted to be on the team. And most people look at the water boy as a look down position and might get picked on. I'm like kind of popular in school. And I'm like sweeping the floor at halftime with pride. I'm like, no, I'm going to be great at this. Was that my purpose? Absolutely not. Was I meant to be a water boy in life? No, but I'm going to do it with pride. I'm going to sell vacuum cleaners with pride. Then I was a cameraman. You know, like, is being a cameraman my purpose? Was Soldier Boy's cameraman? Was that my purpose? No. But if I listened to somebody's advice, like, find your purpose and you'll never work a day in your life, I would have never done it. Because, oh, no, being a cameraman, that's, that, that's not my purpose. So I'm not going to do anything. So I'm like, no, do everything. Do it with pride. And you'll inch your way to a purpose eventually. And it's like, you don't have to know your purpose. I tell myself it's going to be easy. Where most people are at when they're about to start a big dream. Oh, this is going to be hard. Oh, we got to grind. Oh, like, oh, like there, there's all this fear. Words hard. Words grind. Even when people start their diets, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it right this time. And they're going into it like it's really like an uphill battle where I tell myself it's going to be easy. Let's go back to high school. You got classes that were hard and you got classes that were easy. Like, let's say like gym class. Like, did you want to go to that class? Mm-hmm. Because it was easy. Yep. Math class. Did you want to go to that class? Nope. Eh. It was hard. Like, if you were good at math, you loved going to math class. So I try to drink my own Kool-Aid of, no, this is going to be easy. And if you think something's going to be easy, you're going to show up to do it. Mm -hmm. Where most people get stuck is they get in their head and they say, oh, this is going to be hard. We got to grind. And then they end up not showing up because they've already told themselves it's going to be hard. I'm at the top of a mountain um, in, in, in L.A. on a hike looking over the Palisades. And I look at all these million-dollar homes, as long as the eye can see, anywhere on the west side of L.A. is a million-dollar home. And I'm like, this is like 100,000 millionaires. That's a lot of people. It must be easy to become a millionaire. If this many people can be millionaires, why can't everybody? Because this is easy. Like, if anybody could do this many millionaires, I've got to be able to do it too. So I say, oh, it's going to be so easy to be a millionaire. And then it becomes easy. Mm. So I, I, we got to be careful with our words because the, 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 the root origin of the word abracadabra in Hebrew means as I speak, I create. Oh, that's sick. That's magic. Like our words are magic. That's why I tell everybody my dreams. That's why I tell everybody it's going to be easy. If I meet a kid who's trying to start a business or going after a dream, I say, it's going to be easy. Like, don't have that kid thinking, oh, you're going to have to grind. You're going to have to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. You're going to have to. Yes, you got to do all those things. But why can't those things be fun? Why does it have to be a grind? You know what a grind is? Friction. Like, we could fly across America on an airplane in four hours. Or I can pull you across the ground behind my bicycle 
as I'm grinding you across America. Which one are you going to choose? The flying. So why in our businesses and in our health journey, we're like, we got to grind. Like, no, let's have fun. Let's smile. Let's have fun. Why can't the business be easy? You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to work our butts off, but we're going to work our butts off because we showed up to what do, do you, it. What do you do with a little kid when you're playing baseball and he's at bat? How do you how do you throw the ball to him? I don't know if I've ever done that, but um, I would probably, I'd probably like underhand toss it, let him hit it. And Under- then underhand pitch first yeah and then let them let them hit it and then i would let like them whack it let them feel good about it right yeah. that's that's something that i preach all the time to people is you know line up those underhand pitches for yourself knock the shit out of it knock it over the fence feel proud about it feel good about yourself you know what's wrong with leaning into some of your strengths you know you're really good at something um it's not good to only focus in on that because mm-hmm. then that's all, all you'll ever be good at but uh, why not lean in there and feel really good for the day? You know, yeah. what? what is that thing that you're really good at? What's that thing that you really love? It'll probably seem easy, like you're saying, with the different classes, math class versus gym class, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. And the universe has its way of, like, beginner's luck. That's the universe way of saying, like, I told you it's going to be easy. There's going to be, like, a little <laughs> valley of disappointment. But the universe gives us that little taste of that beginner's luck. And then it's like, okay, that's going to inspire me. Now I know it's possible. Mm. So let me keep going through the little valley of disappointment. My man, it was awesome. I'm sure we could sit here and talk for hours on end, but uh, it'd be great to have you on the podcast another time too. Can't wait. And uh, it'd be great to uh, get you in the gym sometime, hit some, hit up some, hit up some weights. Can't wait. Where can people find you and uh, what's the next mission? You got something uh, that you're, you know, you're on tour, you're doing something, what you got going on? You got a book coming out, something like that? I got, I got a big mission coming up. I like journeys. So, like, when I did my Ironman, I took everybody on the journey. When I did the bike across America, I took everybody on the journey. Um, my next journey is with basketball. I told myself, man, it's time to have fun now with sport. And I'm going to play basketball. And I'm going to train for a year to become the MVP of the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. I'm going to make a lot of dreams come true for kids. Um, I'm teaming up with an organization called Dream on 3. And... They make dreams come true with kids. So we're going to find kids and we're going to make their dreams come true. And I'm going to formalize a dream team. I'm going to do 10 kids, 10 dreams. It's going to be my team. We're going to be the new dream team. We're going to have jerseys. We're going to have everything. Some of these kids might have, you know, you know, you know uh, leukemia or might be paralyzed. But their dream is basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to recruit them on my team. And we're going to go to the All-Star game. And we're going to play basketball with celebrities. And we're going to... We're gonna be we're gonna be on the cover of I guarantee it. I'm putting this on paper for the first time publicly. As I speak, I create. We're gonna have a Wheaties box. We're gonna have Sports Illustrated cover. The new dream team, me and these kids. Love it. That's great. Where can people find you? Instagram at Charlie and um, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Instagram. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch y'all later. Love it. Thank you, man.